You're listening to Pastor Greg Voorhees, recorded at Shenandoah Valley Baptist Church, Sunday, December 25th, 2022. For more information about Shenandoah Valley Baptist, you can visit their website, svbcfamily.com, or you can find them on all things social at svbcfamily. We've talked a lot about stuff this, this, this month. We, we've, we've looked at shepherds. We've, we've talked about shepherds being out in the fields and you know, the fact that they were actually Levitical shepherds, the shepherds that were actually, you know, that cared for the, the, the lambs that would eventually be sacrificed at, at Passover. We talk about wise men, these magi, you know, who these guys were, kind of the story inside the story when we look at it in, in, in the Greek. We've, we've looked at Jesus being the light of the world. That was this past Friday. And then um, Eric talked about it when we did the, the Hanukkah presentation. You know, so we've, we've covered a lot of things. But I didn't want to talk about the same stuff all over again. So I thought, what is something we haven't talked about? And I prayed about it. And there's, even though this isn't surrounding the stories of Elizabeth and Simeon, kind of on opposite ends, Elizabeth before Christ was born and Simeon afterwards, they're very relevant because it still has has to do with the the birth of Christ. It's just just we're just looking the months before and you know months after, but we're going to look at the divine insight regarding the Christ child that Elizabeth and Simeon had. We're going to see if this works. Oh my goodness, was that you, David? <laughs> okay, it actually did work. We're first going to look at Luke one, Luke chapter one, thirty nine through forty one. It says, at that time, Mary got ready, and what it's talking about is just before this is where, where we see the story where, where the, the, the birth of Christ is foretold. You know, this is where this is, Gabriel had just visited Mary and said, you know, you're, you're highly favored by God. You're going to have a baby conceived of the Holy Spirit and all these things. And then this is, this is immediately after that. So it says, at that time, it's about immediately after Gabriel left, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb. I can't even quite imagine that. Uh, I mean, that's when you see these little you ladies get this. I don't, but I, I know with 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 my particularly my my sister and stuff when when she was having babies and they would kick and it's, they, they, she would talk about that. It, it's kind of a it's kind of a different thing. This, this baby looked whoo, you know. This wasn't a kick. This was this was like an excitement thing. That even the baby in the womb was like whoo. And she was, it says, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. So what, what was the baby so excited about? And who was the baby? Who was this baby we're talking about? We're talking about John the Baptist. Elizabeth was John the Baptist's mom. You know, so now we got Mary coming, and who was Mary's baby? Jesus. So what we see here is even before either one of them were born, John even recognized then that Messiah was there. That's kind of a that's kind of a wild thing, you know. That John even even before even before his birth, when when, when Mary came close, he, he he responded in the womb to the fact that 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 Jesus was here, and we know from Scripture that John was kind of a forerunner 
of Christ, that he was to announce the coming of Messiah. You know, so this, this, is, kind of a, this is a kind of a cool thing. So then Elizabeth, in a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are, are you among women, and blessed is this child who you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord shall come to me? Can you, can you picture just, too, the, the fact that Elizabeth is recognizing who Mary is pregnant with? You know, so we don't have any evidence she, it, she might have gotten bored. We, we, we don't know. She might have said, hey, Mary's, Mary's coming your way. I, I don't think that was the case. There's no evidence in Scripture. You know, but I believe that when, when Mary arrived, because Elizabeth was family, when, 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 when Mary arrived, she got it. She understood. She understood that, that, that Mary was carrying Messiah Jesus. And, and, and that's... So that's, I think that's some pretty divine insight in, in who, who Mary was, was carrying. But it says here that, you know, why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord shall come to me? You, you know, that's, that's kind of a, how often have we ever felt that way? Have you ever felt, and I've, I've talked to so many people over the years, who have felt even unworthy of, 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 of the presence of Christ, you know, unworthy of, of, of coming to, to, you know, even places like church because they've done things or they've said things and they didn't think that they fit in. Well, you know what? Elizabeth didn't do anything to be worthy. She was called to this place. And Mary came to her because God has this, what we call these divine appointments where he brings us together. Just like Elizabeth didn't do anything to be worthy of this visit of, 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 of Mary with, the, the, with Jesus, we don't, we don't ourselves do anything to earn that. We don't do anything. It is a gift because God is interested in a relationship with us. God is interested in being part of our lives. That's the whole reason that Jesus even came. What's one of the names we call Jesus? Emmanuel. What does that mean? God with us. God is interested in being with us. When, when Jesus came, God in flesh literally came amongst us. He, 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 he dwelled with us. And he, we were no longer, not that we ever were alone, but, but, but he really showed that much more, that, that, that he was that much interested that he would come in the flesh to be with us, God with us. And it says, and as soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy, leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promise to her. What was the promise? What was she talking about? What Gabriel, what Gabriel say just before this? We talked about this. The fact that she was going to have a son conceived of the Holy Spirit and was going to be the Most High God, that it was going to be the, the, the chosen one. It was going to be the blessed one. It was going to be Messiah. You know, so, so now Elizabeth is recognizing the, the, the blessedness of Mary because she, she, she believed in what she, in what she had heard. And God responded, and she was now carrying Jesus. Divine insight. But here's where it gets a little more interesting. It's this guy named Simeon. Do you remember reading about him in the Bible? 
You know, he's, he, Simeon isn't a guy that you normally see in the, you don't hear him in the nativity story. He wasn't, he wasn't there at the birth of Christ. But Simeon was this guy, well, let's read about him. It says, now there was a, this is Luke 2, 25 through 26. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. What? Think about that for a second. The Holy Spirit revealed to this guy named Simeon that you're going to see Messiah before you die. You're going to see, you're going to see the hope of the world. You're going to see the consolation of, of, of Israel. You're going to see this, this great and, and, and miraculous thing, this God incarnate. You're going to see this. Well, why was, why was Jesus even in this, the same place with, with Simeon? This was after he was born. He was, Joseph and Mary had taken him to the temple because he needed to present Jesus because it was the Jewish law that the first male son be consecrated to, to God and, and that they make a sacrifice. Well, he went and did that. And, and while they were in the temple, when the, Simeon saw them and he recognized them. Nobody said, hey, 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 this is, this is Jesus. This, this, is, this, is, this is the kid that, that, that the Holy Spirit talked about. He recognized him through, this, through the, the, the Holy Spirit revealed to him, this is Messiah. This is this Jesus. And it said that he was moved by the Spirit and he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the, ch the child Jesus to do to him, to do for him what the custom of the law required, that's what we were talking about, the consecration, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God. What did he say? Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. What is he saying? I knew. I knew that I was going to see Jesus. I was going to see Messiah before I passed. But you can dismiss your servant now in peace. What have I told people in this church over and over and over? If, if you were here, if, if, if it doesn't matter what your age is, whether you're one or a hundred, if you were here, God still has a plan for you whether it be praying for, for others or sharing for others or some type of ministry. So, so Simeon still had a purpose. And, and he was going to see this, this, the, the Christ child before he passed. But now that time had come and he was saying, okay, Lord, it's okay to take me home. It's okay to take me home because your servant is now in peace. He says, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations. A light for revelation to the Gentiles and to the glory of your people, Israel. Oh my goodness. The Holy Spirit promised Simeon before you die, you're going to see Messiah. You're going to see him. And then when, when Joseph and Mary came with the, the, the baby, he was still a baby, he came, came and brought the baby Jesus to the temple to be consecrated, and then to do the, the, the sacrifice of the doves that they needed to do. The Holy Spirit moved Simeon to go to that place, and he recognized, I have now seen the salvation 
the salvation of, of the world. I've seen the salvation of God's people. I've seen the light now. I've now seen the light of the, for the Gentile people. You know, who are the Gentile people? That's us. Jesus didn't just come. For people who were Jewish, he didn't just come if you were a biological Jew through the, the, the 12 tribes. He came for you and I, and Simeon got that. He understood that Jesus is just as much for us as he is for the Jewish people. It gets real, though, here. You know how I was talking about Friday night? It seems like every time we talk about the birth of Christ, somehow the cross, <laughs> it comes back to the cross. Because what, if there was no cross, would the birth have really meant that much? It would have been still cool because God was still with us. But it was the sacrifice of Christ. It was the sacrifice of Christ that made his mission possible to save the lost. It was the mission, it was the sacrifice of Christ that made possible the forgiveness of sins. The forgiveness of sins where you didn't have to go through a priest anymore. Before Jesus, Jesus is the high priest. Before Jesus, you had to go to a priest and they had to sacrifice an animal for your sin to be forgiven. Jesus came to be the high priest so that you no longer had to do that. Isn't that wild? The cross always comes back. The story of the birth of Christ always comes back to the cross. It says, the child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. That would be kind of a cool thing. You bring your, your child, and you know there's something miraculous about your child, especially if you're married. You know you hadn't had sex with anybody, but you had a baby. You know this is the Holy Spirit thing. You get this. You're, 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 you're at the, the stable and you have shepherds coming from the field saying, hey, angels told me that the Christ, the child, was here. So you know there's something really miraculous and cool about this. But still, just to take the child into the temple and then somebody to come out and, and recognize the salvation of the world has arrived. They marveled over this. But then Simeon blessed him and said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the rising or the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against. Jesus came to kind of upset the apple cart. There was a very, there was a very legalistic, religious way of doing things before Jesus. You know, God gave us ten roles. You know, when, when, when Moses went up on Sinai, he gave us ten rules. We call them the Ten Commandments. It really wasn't that difficult. But we, but we made, we built on that, and we gave more rules and all these extra laws, and we made it so complicated. But, but Jesus came to kind of upset the apple cart. Some, some, of, the, some of the religious people who had made, living, had made a living off of, 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 of feeding on God's people by, 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 by taking from them the church, they were taking from them, and, and Jesus had, had come to upset that whole thing. So people that were, that were up in high places, he was bringing them down. People in lowly places like John the Baptist. What do we know about John the Baptist? The guy wore camel's hair, and he ate locusts. He was in a low place, but he exalted him to say, this is the greatest prophet whoever was. You know, in the economy of, of, of the kingdom of God, the first will be last and the last will be first. Jesus came to, to, just to change the whole dynamic of the way we did, that we meant to do things, that we were doing things, the way that it was originally meant to be. 
So there was going to be rising and falling, and there were going to be people who spoke against him. We see that. We see that. Again, it comes back to the cross. The, 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 the Jewish people, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they tried to kill him. Guess what? They did. They did. They were going to speak against him. But it gets even, it gets even more real here. So what's he say to Mary now? Of course, he's talking about these folks. He's rising and falling so that, they, that their hearts would be, would be revealed. But he said this, and the sword will pierce your own soul too. Now imagine you're coming into the temple and you're, you kind of got this, this cool thing going on and you got this guy coming out and he's saying all these wonderful things about your son that you know is Messiah Jesus, the Savior of the world. And then he ends it with this. And the sword will pierce your own soul too. What is he talking about? The cross. We know that Joseph was not at the, at the foot of the cross. We believe that Joseph died while Christ was pretty young. The last time we see Joseph in Scripture is when they're at the, they go to Jerusalem and then they lose him. You know, he stays behind. He's preaching in his father's house, and they take off, and everyone's like, well, where's Jesus? And they're like, well, I don't know. I thought he was with you. And that stuff happens. That happened with Sue and I one time at Ocean City. Lexi, her youngest, we're at Ocean City. It's like, well, where's Lexi? Well, I thought she was with you. Well, she walked down the boardwalk. You know, so it happens. You know, you said, well, how could that happen? It happens. But, but this, 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 this situation where... The, the, the sword was going to pierce her own, own soul. Mary was at the cross. She walked with him. We see her throughout his entire ministry that she shows up at, at different times. She walked with him. I, can't, I guarantee before he went on his earthly ministry, he spent all of his time doing his father's trade. Joseph, his earthly father's trade of being, being a, a carpenter and spending time and taking care of Mary. So Mary was always there. And if you think about it, Mary was a young person when she had Jesus. We believe, historians tell us she was probably somewhere between 14 or 16. So this Mary grew up with Jesus. She was his son, but, but they were close enough in age that they, they would have had a special closeness. She was, he was the firstborn, her firstborn son, which made, especially in their culture, that, 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 that much more special. But she watched him. She watched as they beat him. While they flogged him, she saw all these things. I know I've talked about the movie The Passion of the Christ. I have a hard time watching it. I've got it. The Passion of the Christ is horrible. Mind you, regardless of how good of a job or bad of a job Mel Gibson did with that movie, it, it's probably the most realistic depiction that I've ever seen in Hollywood based on what we see in the Bible. But I don't think it even touched the true crucifixion. Because I know I've talked about this. What Isaiah say in his, in, his, in his visions of what he saw of the crucifixion, that they pulled the beard out of his face and it was beaten beyond the likeness of a man. Mel Gibson didn't even, he didn't even show that. You know, so, so Jesus being beat so badly, you couldn't even tell he was human. And Mary was there. The same Mary who, who received the, and this isn't, this isn't a message about Mary, but get, but get what... The message here of, of what Simeon was saying, 
This same child was going to cause your own heart to be pierced. She was there. She saw all that. But we know we talked about, we talked about on Friday, the mission of Christ. And I believe we talked about it Sunday too. What was the mission of Christ? And we talked about how him being light fulfilled, helped fulfill that message. Well, Matthew 10, 34 shows us another little piece. This is Jesus talking. Do not suppose that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I did not come to bring, to bring peace, but a sword. What is he saying? What is he saying? That same passage, if you read on, it talks about family members being divided. You, you know, brothers against brothers kind of thing. Enemies even at your table kind of thing. You know, what is he talking about? What was he doing? When Jesus came, and this is how it ties all of this stuff together. All of this stuff together. When Jesus came, we now are forced to make a choice. The sword is this division. And sometimes this division that comes when we accept Christ as our Savior, because you know what? People are going to think, some people are going to think you're crazy. They are. When I accept Jesus as my Savior when I was a teenager, people thought I'd lost my nut. You call me on the phone and say, Hallelujah! That's how I answer the phone. And I told you I was being thrown out of malls. I mean, I was radical. People thought I was crazy. There was a division. People who were my friends were no longer my friends. They thought I was crazy. They might have been a little bit right. Who knows? But the coming of Christ is this child in the flesh to be with us and to live a sinless life and to eventually die on the cross and to raise again he did this because we now have to make a choice to choose him. We have to make that choice to choose him. He didn't come just, did peace come to an extent? But that's not part of his mission. His mission, what did we see? We read this. We read this the last two weeks. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. That's part of Jesus' mission, to proclaim good news to the poor. And he sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and the recovery of the sight for the blind and to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. The mission of Christ was to set prisoners free. But the sword that he brings that sometimes causes division from even our families or our friends is that we must choose him. We must choose him. His mission is to save us, but we must choose him. And sometimes there's a cross for that. Our very first Christmas message we talked about back in, I think it was even in November, it was the last week in November, sometimes following God is hard. Sometimes following God is difficult. Jesus never, ever promised a bed of roses. He never said everything was going to be hunky-dory. He never said anything like that. Jesus said, people will hate you because of me. He has brought even division because when you decide to follow him, people may even choose to hate you. But here's the thing. He did all of this, the coming into the flesh, the sinless life, and the sacrifice, 
so that you don't have to die the second death. That's the whole reason. He did all of this so that you could be with him, not just here, but within heaven. And you want to know what? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. You can't get to heaven any other way than accepting these truths that Jesus was born of a virgin Mary, that he lived a sinless life, and that he was crucified, died, and rose again, and that he sits at the right hand of the Lord God our Father right now, and, and, and that he intercedes for us. It requires a choice. The gift of Christmas was that you have a choice. The gift of Christmas is that you can choose Jesus and that you can be with Jesus. You don't have to live in darkness any longer because you want to know I lived in darkness. I didn't even realize it. That was a funny thing. Before I came to know the Lord, I thought I was all right. I was an athlete. I didn't always look like this. I was an athlete. I played football because I was young. I was in high school. I, you know, and that was a long time ago. That was a long time ago. I didn't see the need. I didn't feel the need because I thought it was okay. I thought everything was all right. I was going to church. I was in the youth group. I had Christian parents. I was brought up in church. But the light of life, the light of the world revealed himself to me and showed me the truth about myself that I needed him. I needed him. That it had to be more than just mental assent, mental knowledge of the fact that he exists. It has to be more than just understanding that he exists. You know, you know the Bible tells us even the demons believe. Just knowing he's there isn't enough. It's not. Jesus came because he wants a relationship with us. That's the whole thing, Emmanuel, God with us. He doesn't want to sit on a throne in a high place looking down at us. He wants to be with us. You want to know something else that was made possible by this birth, life, death, and resurrection of, of Christ? It was a several weeks later, guess what happened? The Holy Spirit came. When the Holy Spirit came, he began to tabernacle with us, to live in us. You know, every believer, when you've made that decision to follow Christ, to accept the truths of Christmas, to accept the truths of, of Christ, to accept the truths of Easter, the Holy Spirit comes and resides in you. You're never alone. Sometimes we feel like we're alone. David felt that way. That's why I love the Psalms. I'm not going to go around the rabbit trail. I know sometimes I do that. But the reason I love the Psalms is that sometimes, sometimes even believers feel a little bit lost. Doesn't mean that you are. You know. 
Perception can be a powerful thing. But it doesn't mean that it's true. If you have asked Christ in your life, you are not lost. If you have asked Christ in your life, you are not alone. If you had asked Christ in your life, you have become an eternal being. You become, you become a person who will exist forever with him. So regardless of how you feel, God is with you. Even when you feel darkness, God is with you. If you've believed and accepted these things in your heart, Christmas can be a hard time. I don't mention the Friday. Friday was my dad's birthday. Yeah, I lost him. I lost him this year. Felt a little gloomy, even though it's Christmas. Even though Christ was with me. But I don't, I don't need to feel that way. You don't need to feel that way. 